PCAST, presented by CDE Lightband. Each week, we take you around Austin P, the athletics department, occasionally the OVC, thanks to our good friends at CDE. Thank you to our friends at CDE, and thanks to you, our listeners. I am Colby Wilson. He is Casey Krieger. Welcome to the nation's top-ranked Austin P podcast, which is showing signs of functioning anew in our ever-changing landscape. Casey, how are you now? Good, and you? Not so bad. Obviously, from the top, fall schedule... Fluid, I, I guess you'd probably say. It has changed. It has changed. It may change again. Who knows? Word came down. We're recording. It's Thursday. It is Thursday. Days have no meaning anymore. Word came down on Wednesday. Wednesday afternoon. Everything for the fall slate, save football, pushed back to a September 17th start date. means soccer and volleyball, essentially. Uh, cross country and all those will be pushed back as well. Yes. Cross, tennis, tennis uh Golf. Golf. Uh, I mean, the big ones are the two that habitually start pre, uh, before people arrive on campus. Volleyball and soccer tend to get going a little bit before that. Um, For us, it's also going to eliminate the non-conference schedule for those two teams. You can't really do a conference, non-conference for crossing golf and tennis because that's just not how it works. I think for... Me and you, personally, looking forward to not sitting in the dugout at soccer in August. August, Tennessee, 115 degree heat with no breeze. Yeah, let's play just straight September night games for home soccer. So it's not hot. It's uh, it's a little cooler in the sweat box, and uh, we don't die. Yeah, looking forward to the, to the not dying. Um, obviously, it sucks for everybody to lose uh, to lose their non conference opportunities. Uh, especially because for those two programs, that's kind of a you schedule that with a purpose. To right, you get some you get some important games and you get yeah. ready for the conference. Now you just got to show up and when when it's kickoff time, you got to yeah, be ready. They're, you're going to be playing. No easing into it. No, you're going to be playing the conference teams and you're going to be in a battle for a spot in the tournament from opening day till the end of the season. It's not a lot of room for error. You're going to see who the good teams are and. I'm interested to see what it does for fall tennis because that schedule is typically so condensed anyway that it feels like they're going to lose some pretty prime moments that they would otherwise Prime time to figure out who's in the lineup and all that. Yeah. I think we return a lot on the women's side. On the men's side as well, I think that helps us. Yeah. Um, I think we're still good in both tennises because we're going to have a lot of veterans on the team. We're not going to – we don't have a lot to replace on either squad, so – yeah, we so, should be good to go there. I mean, tennis. right. That's the thing. I think, and then there's other sports where you want to have a, like for volleyball and soccer, you're going to want to have a lot of veteran players. You don't want to. I mean, you're going to have freshmen to ease into this, but how do you ease freshmen? How do you ease somebody in this trial by fire? It's, yeah, it's, you're out you, there. You've got to be super talented to just get you thrown in the fire ready. from day one when the games matter immediately. I mean, when we kick it off week one, we could be kicking it off against defending champion Semo, Murray State, good team. Yeah, I mean, for soccer, it's. Be ready. Yeah, and there's Buck, no there's no up. there ain't no cupcakes in soccer in this league. Everybody no, can play. Volleyball either, but I mean even even then there is the occasional especially for us because we've been so good at volleyball recently. Right. Like there's there have been teams that are a tier or two below us. Yeah, not gonna be the case. I think everybody's gonna be on a much more level playing field too. I think so too. I mean it's the, gonna make the conference schedule even harder. Yeah. Is is gonna not that we're breaking new ground here, but this is gonna be weird. Very weird. OVC football preseason accolades came out last week. 
earlier this week. One day. I don't know. Again, time doesn't Monday. Mean, time doesn't mean anything anymore. They came out on Monday. To the surprise of, I'm sure someone, but someone neither, very stupid. Neither of us. Uh, the Govs preseason favorites. Cordell Jackson preseason OVC defense player of the year. Angela Wilson preseason OVC offensive player of the year. Seven gentlemen on the uh, preseason all OVC teams. Who we got on the offensive side? We have uh, lineman Blake Mitchell, Blake wide receiver D'Angelo Wilson. Um, was there somebody else? Was Benico? Benico se- Harley, wide team? receiver. No, yeah. I thought it was. I thought it was just a preseason team. I didn't think that was first and second. Okay, maybe I was looking at something else. I think there was just four wide receivers, and I think Benico and D'Angelo were two of them. Yeah. And then on the defensive side, you had uh, the run-stopping duo of John Wesley Whiteside and Josephus Smith. Uh, Best of luck anybody trying to gain ground on us this year. Just yeah, good, super, super good, good luck. Good we added that. We added the uh, Penn State transfer on the defensive line. You guys are in trouble. Yeah. What what we average, Matthew Gale's back too. I what mean, did we average turning last year in the run game like seventy seven yards a game? Yeah, less. We than we, it, we could be down it in the will 50s. be less. We could um, so be down in the fifties this year, especially when you bring back linebacker Jack McDonald and uh, Cordell Jackson, who known for his interceptions, also makes all kinds of tackles in the backfield. Yep. Uh, you guys are in trouble. Good luck scoring, yeah. and uh, good luck stopping D'Angelo Wilson because. No, nobody has yet. Yeah, I mean, it's just he. Oh, you want to stop him too? Because I was reading Benico's. I was reading. We were reading through the football bios yesterday, proofreading them, and people people forget what Benico does. The thing is, Benico's year last year, if D'Angelo hadn't rewritten every single record, it's like a top ten year in Austin P football history. It was incredible. It it was absolutely incredible. I mean, and just look at the Sacramento State game. He had the touchdown. He recovers the onside kick. Then he goes 45 yards on fourth and four. Ball game. Yep. Benico Harley. A, an indispensable part of the Austin P team that doesn't get enough doesn't get enough credit. We got to start. We got to start. I was happy to see him. I was happy to see him get some overdue credit. We are the world's number one Benico Harley podcast now, and we will not let you forget it. This this podcast is Benico Harley uh, friendly. Very. Uh, Speaking of good things, we had an apartment uh, update. We need to get some like a a little intro ditty for as Casey's apartment turns each week. Yeah, like uh, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna work on that for next week. We know anybody that can like play us a little piano song, like yeah, something. I don't think that's the song we go with, (laughs) but. the the hole in the ceiling is no more. There is a new ceiling. Um, somebody measured for a new carpet yesterday, so uh, all that's left to do is you know paint the paint that bad boy up and throw some carpet down and watch him watch him put the carpet in first and paint second. I mean, I, I guess if you had professional painters, it'd be okay. I imagine they know how to keep paint off carpet. Ostensibly, yes. You would think so. You would think so. But I imagine the painting comes before the new carpeting. But I'm also not a professional painter or carpenter, so. A lot of it's probably just whoever's got the time. Whoever shows up first. Yeah, whoever shows up first does it. Um, over the weekend, my son Jack turned three. Hooray. Hooray. He received every, everything. Every toy Just ever? everything. Every yeah, he got ever? every toy ever. Um, What's your favorite of his new toys? Uh, it's either his uh, plastic golf clubs, when I'm allowed to touch them. Yep. Uh, or, mm, I mean... This this child has every Hot Wheels car I've ever seen, and is that his favorite of the toys? He, my parents got him a a little loop de loop. Oh, the Hot Wheels tracks. Yes, those are awesome. It it's one that you can break apart and have a double loop, or oh, you can wow. race them against one another. And so we 
You'd line them up and race them. Well, I thought that's what we'd wind up doing, but he doesn't want he doesn't want to play with us. Right, he wants to play with the toys. He wants to play with the toys and then have us. So what I do is sit at the other end of this ramp, and he races the car towards me, and then if it gets to me, I set it beside me, and if it doesn't, I get up and I walk to wherever it stopped, and then I throw it back to him so he can do it again. We used to have, like, the double track where you could race them, and, like, you'd just put the entire bucket at the top, and mm-hmm. you put two, and you'd race them. you put the losers on this side, the winners on this side, and let's see which hot wheel can outlast the rest. At my grandparents' house when I was a kid, the basement downstairs to the right opened, so, like, there was just this big gap of space, and you could set one of those up and run it the entire length of the basement. Oh, yeah. It was awesome. No, yeah, that's good. That's good stuff. That's uh. That was good stuff. I think it'd still be entertaining if we went and did that today. It is. I mean, I tried to talk him into the, hey, let's race them. Isn't that, don't you think that'll be fun? No. Well, if you want to bring it in here, we could do it at work one day. Since, I mean, <laughs> we just run down the hallway still, in the Dunn Center. Still my son's toys and bring it to work so you and I can play. Yeah, that seems like something I should not. Seems very adult-like. Yeah, that seems like something. That seems like a good, good use of the state's dime. <laughs> Speaking of good uses of the state's time, Casey and I are going to shut up now, take a break, and we will bring in Katie Locke of every department at Ospeak, basically, but mostly ticketing and the Monocle Society right after this. Tumble out of bed and I stumble to the kitchen, pour myself a cup of ambition and yawn and stretch and try to come to life. Jump in the shower and the blood starts pumping Out on the streets the traffic starts jumping With folks like me on the job from 9 to 5 Working 9 to 5 What a way to make a living Barely getting by It's all taken and no giving They just use your mind A mid-state native, Katie Locke is one of the pillars of what we do at Austin P. From her work as the face of ticketing, where she deals with our constituents on a face-to-face level, to her role in shaping the Monocle Society into what it is today, a functioning funding arm that helps elevate our student-athlete experience. Today, she finds herself on the PCAST, a long-overdue guest that we're excited to have. Katie, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. I don't think we could start this podcast without talking about your spirit animal, Dolly Parton. (laughs) Dolly. What... Is the dolly, I'm going to stop short of calling it an obsession, but you could call it that if you wanted to. I just feel like she is a role model. Can we go with that? Yeah. And also, as a Tennessean, as you mentioned, we can all agree this is a very tumultuous time. There's a lot of controversy, but... Very few people have a higher approval But dolly is our queen, and I feel we can all agree there. Yeah, you're not... Dolly has near universal approval in this state. You're not going to find many people like, ooh, dolly, no. Yeah. So, I mean, she's just... She's Dolly. She's the queen. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Could you explain to our listeners, a lot of this is going to sound like inside joke sort of things, but could you explain to the listeners what Nugfest is? Because when when somebody told me I needed to ask (laughs) you about it, it sounded like some sort of drug euphemism. Nugfest is about chicken nuggets. So it's an annual event, uh, and I'm going to stop, and I'm going to give my husband and his group of friends their due first and, and so that they don't come at me and say that I try to take credit for Nugfest because I'm not. <laughs> so Nugfest is, I guess we're on year three, and it's 
um, annually held. It's usually around the 1st of November, end of October. And I think that their group of friends started holding it because of my husband's birthday. And and I think there's like a couple of other birthdays around there. So they so they schedule this chicken nugget fest and it has a couple different elements. Chicken nuggets is the main component. And so they have some friends that work at Tyson that do chicken. And so they buy pounds and pounds and pounds of chicken nuggets. And I think they're McDonald's grade like I think that's what goes to McDonald's actually so they're very legit chicken nuggets and so they just fry those in like a big industrial like I think we have two pots that they like cook them in and there's several batches that come out it's an all like afternoon to evening event and there's a sauce competition and they have some very specific rules for the sauce competition. I've probably not told you, like, this much detail about nuggets. No, I am learning a <laughs> lot that I probably didn't need to learn on an empty stomach. If yeah, you're going to be, you're going to want to go to McDonald's now. But, um, so the sauce competition is, like, a nameless, you enter it, no one knows who entered it. It can be store-bought, but you have to put it in a different container. Or you can make it by yourself, and no one knows, like, no one's the wiser to what you did. And you can enter as many as you want, and they're numbered. And I've been the ju- I'll help them judge one year, and there's a trophy, and like you win the trophy, <laughs> and then they added this thing where they excuse me they each of them brings a random item. You do not know this, I know. So like one person brought like a canister of tennis balls. One person will bring like it's random items, a can of corn. One person will bring, I mean, they pick the most random things to bring, and then they put it all together, and that's their, like, quote-unquote prize pack <laughs> that you win if you if you win this, <laughs> if you win this, like, chicken nugget fest. Um, but then they do, like, best sauce, and that's the trophy in the prize pack. And then there's, um, they have, like, worst sauce, uh, most creative, I don't know, they have a bunch of different ones. Oh my gosh, that the whole that whole thing is awesome. That's and we make something every year. So the first year it was a uh, there's a chicken nugget, there's a nug fest. You've seen it logo. Mm-hmm. And so the first year it was a t-shirt. The second year it was a koozie. Last year it was a sticker. So I don't know what it'll be this year. Mm. We're running out of things. No, you're not. Face oh, mask. a mask. Yes, it's face mask this year. It's got to be. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. So now I've got a. A good working understanding of Nugfest. Explain Can Jam. Oh, okay. Can Jam's easy, and I did not create this, but it's a it's a frisbee game. You can play it in the yard, and it's like there's a can, but it's like about knee high on me probably, and there's like a slot in the front, about big enough for a frisbee to fit through, and then the top is open, and you get points. So the goal is to get to I think 21. If you get it through the slot, which is really hard because it's kind of low to the ground, you win automatically. So you can go for that, but you play with a partner across from you, so it's four people playing. It's like frisbee cornhole. Yeah. Oh. And you get different points. So if you hit the f- if you hit it unassisted, it's so many points. If somebody hits it in the top, it's so many. And and it's just like cornhole. You can't go over the twenty-one. You got to hit like directly. On right that. on the twenty-one. Got yeah, it. Yeah. So it's pretty fun. Was were you able to to get good at that because of your your uh, days as a tennis hall of famer at Siegel High School? 
Well, I'm going to probably skip over that topic because I feel like I tell y'all I don't like to talk about that. But Can Jam is – all I want to say on this podcast is Eric Elliott has never beat me at Can Jam. Gone I've been beaten now. by others, but never Eric Elliott. So so you're, you're really not going to talk I- – you're really not going to talk about Tennis Hall of Famer Katie Locke from no, Siegel High School. No, because it's like the most dumb luck thing that that's ever happened. Yeah, most <laughs> most people wind up in the Hall of Fame because of dumb luck. So what happened was, and I'll tell you this and put it for the world, is that they started this. When I went to high school, it was like the second year of the school. So there was no athletic history before you. Mm-hmm. So... I got super lucky and was on, like, the way tennis works, the team competition, it's it's five singles and then two t- teams of doubles. So there's only only five of people that play, but all the points, you know, you got to get to seven points. So right. all the points count the same. Yeah. So I just got on, like, a really good team, and I sat right in there, like, four or five, and just always, like, won my points. Like, I would consistently, you know. Always winning is kind of how you become a, a Hall of Famer. No, I just got on a good team. And so what they did is when they started this Hall of Fame thing, they just did the fair thing the first year that they started it, and they put, like, anyone that won a state championship in it. So our tennis team had won, but I'm just saying I was, like, not a very talented tennis player i just got in uh, there and i short, knew my i knew my spot <laughs> short changing herself once again no well okay we will since you you humored me on the subject you don't want to talk about let's talk about the one you do pat oh pat pat the perfect dog <laughs> she's not perfect but literally she's the most well-behaved animal i've ever seen <laughs> colby has been to my house and i feel like she has been really well behaved when you've been there I, well it one, I love dogs, and I'm <laughs> very happy to let dogs just exist as dogs. We don't deserve them. I think we can agree there. No, gosh, no, we don't. We even <laughs> the bad ones, even my dogs, we don't deserve. No, she's a German short-haired pointer, and she's brown and white and spotty, um, and perfect. Yeah, I mean, what can we say about Pat that hasn't already been said? I feel like name for Pat Summit. Oh, she is named for Pat Summit. Um, she's like our child. Like, I feel like you ha- know what that's like before you, before Jack came along, you knew that feeling. So mm-hmm. we probably spoil her to death, but she, but she deserves it because she's yeah, a dog. She does. She runs with us and sleeps in the bed like a human. So how much are you enjoying your deck pool Saturdays right now? <laughs> Especially now, as I've heard that you've gotten a, a pool upgrade. I have a second pool. We got the second hey, se- pool. You got yeah. the second one? Okay. It's so hot now. I think a second pool is necessary. So deck pool is basically we don't have an in-ground pool. So what's better than – it's it's better – I'm not going to say it's a baby pool because it's better than that. But, you know, you can get one at your local yeah. Dollar General or probably Walgreens. Um, and we just set it up on the deck, and then we grill out, and you can put your – feet in but I do I blew up a second one and I put it by the can jam fairway if you will on Saturday <laughs> the fairway <laughs> and actually you're gonna laugh at this but we did mow like mow it like a fairway like we only mowed the middle the like part where you were throwing can so, jam. so you have an actual rough we did yeah we, we did but I just put it by there and I sat in it while I was watching because it was so hot <laughs> 
Tell me about your old school pullover collection. You put pullover, but it's like it's sweatshirts. It's sweatshirts. Yeah. Okay. And I know that Taylor said this because Taylor always would come to my house. Taylor Wiseman, our old video, our, our dear friend, friend of the podcast, Taylor Wiseman. She's a Chicago resident now. Very fancy but Northwestern employee. Pink, we're putting our pinkies, pinkies up right now. Pinkies yeah. up right now. <laughs> no, Taylor would always come to my house and try to try to steal some of my my treasures, but I started it because my my dad when I was growing up was a high school baseball coach, and he doesn't coach anymore. But and then my grandfather was a football coach, and then my uncle when my grandfather quit coaching took over. So I grew up where sweats were like abundant. You know, like comfy sweatshirts. Yeah. You knew what you, you know, what you liked. And these are like the old school, like, crew neck and hoodie before dry fit came along. <laughs> the most comfortable thing like they the, made. Like the ones that you, they just envelope you and it, yeah. it feels like a, you feel like going and getting a nice book and sitting in front of a fire yes. and reading. Yeah. So I started my collection. Like I have some cool ones. Most of my stuff is from Tullahoma, my dad, Tullahoma baseball or Trousdale County football, which is, that's how it started. But then I started like really collecting, like I have Stevens football hoodie (laughs) from Marshall County. Like I kind of have a nice little mid-state sports collection of. The Tennessee Sports Hall of Fame could wander through your closet (laughs) and be pretty impressed. Yeah, I mean, it's like funny how many I get, but I mean, I put them to good use, I feel like. (laughs) If if anybody has anything they want to donate from like an obscure county in Tennessee, don't give that to Goodwill. <laughs> give it to Katie. Yeah, I've got a home for it. <laughs> One of the best parts about having you around here, not just in amongst all the stuff that you do to just make things work here, is your unceasing hype of all of us. Like you really hype all of us up. You encourage us. You. On days that we don't feel like we're contributing something, you're like, no, look at everything you did yesterday and all the stuff you got planned to do tomorrow. Like, take take a second. Remember all the stuff you're doing. And that's a huge thing that's underrated here. And why are you like that? Because it's not something I've run into an awful lot in college athletics. I like – I don't really feel like I'm – I don't feel like I'm overly like that. But I – you're like it to the point where I think it's worth appreciating. Oh, well, thank you. Um, I mean, I feel like we're just such a tight-knit. and I mean, we're a relatively – if you look at college athletics as a whole, we have a smaller staff. And so if everybody can't pull in – I mean, we have to have everybody pulling and, and ready to fight and do things. You know, I mean, we have to have that. So that we can be our best, I think that might just be part of like the teammate and me. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I don't really realize that I'm doing it. Um, I would want somebody to do that for me, I guess. And I think, and I will say, now that I'm thinking about it, I feel like my parents were both really good at that for me. They gave me a really healthy mix of like love, but also tough love. Yeah. In that sense, you know. And so I think they inadvertently hyped me and so maybe I do that with other people when I see that I feel like they're down or they're discouraged maybe does it put pressure on you to kind of raise us up no because I want people to do that no because I want people to do that with me I need it like there's times when I need somebody to come in and 
do that. Maybe yeah. it's like the coach. I don't. Like you know, the coach like, is kidding you. Yeah, maybe yeah. it's that, and I feel like I need that, or I want people to do that to me. I like I like that. What are the underappreciated parts of your ticketing job? Because I feel like so much more goes into it. And Johnny and I mm-hmm. talked about this when he was on the mm-hmm. podcast as well. But like, it is so much more than just here's your ticket, enjoy the game. Like, there is so many more customer mm-hmm. service aspects to it than that. There are, and there's things that you don't think about until you're in it. Like, I'll have. I had somebody shadowing me a couple summers when I first came here, and he asked me what I was doing that day, and I just let him watch me. And all it was was creating ticket stock. So we were getting the design right, the dimensions with the printing company. So there's a lot more. I mean, even there's something new every day, number one. But I think the the hard part with, with tickets is that, and especially with a smaller staff too, there's two sides of it. There's more like the sales side and the customer service side where you have to talk to people and you have to be more of an outgoing personality if you want to be effective. Right. And you can – there's always going to be somebody that's not satisfied with where they're seated. You know, so you have to be able to Solve problems, it. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, like, then there's the operational side where it's, like, planning, um, attention to detail, anticipating things – that are going to happen before they happen or having a quick solution. And I feel like those two things do not particularly manifest themselves. They don't show up real well on a resume, but they're a huge part of the day. Right. And even if you came from like a really large staff and a big office, if you have a sales team and an ops team, they still have to work like they're one, like they're one. Because if the sales team is doing things that the ops team doesn't know, they need to anticipate it doesn't gel. So I feel like that's the part of tickets that – but it's also the good part, in my opinion, because I think it makes you – it develops you into more of a jack-of-all-trades because you have to serve both sides yeah, of Yeah, you're an internal you're and external. Yes, exactly. Yeah. The Monocle Society is something that when we kicked it off last year, I think there was a lot of – maybe not apprehension, but just we we had no real – idea what it would be how it would go what it would do and it was a hit straight away and you were the big part of that so what do you attribute the success to I think that we tried to do a very complete job of presenting what the goal was with the Monocle Society and I think the number one goal is not just supporting student-athletes because that's a goal of an of an annual fund at any institution I would assume but I think it's just the total gov concept that's something that I really champion and try to put out there and that is not only developing an athlete that you can cheer on your alma mater and your team to championships but a professional um, in the workforce and then like a student as they're here so it's kind of the total concept you're developing a person yeah and I think fans identify with that because the joy that our fans get out of watching a football win an OVC championship, volleyball championships we've seen since I've been tennis, that is what they, they connect to that athlete. And so that total gov concept, I think it makes it easier for people to buy in, hopefully, and continue to buy into the Monocle Society. But um, it has been a fun project to try to see. I think we've all chipped in. That's the thing about – well, it's been fun to about it. It's been fun to just see the different, to see the different pieces of it come mm-hmm. together. I think. 
Yeah, I, I, there's there's a lot more to do with it. So I think as we continue to watch it grow, I'm excited this year because I think there's some opportunities, things that we're going to – with a pandemic going on, you, you have to get creative. So we have tried to do that, and we'll do that throughout the year, I hope, and, um, you know, grow our membership continually. Talk a little bit about being a woman in administration in Division One athletics and the challenges that you face – every day because I feel like there is an old school old guard that just doesn't offer the support that women need in some institutions I don't think that's the case here but I've certainly seen instances in the past here and elsewhere where I didn't think women got the support they needed in the workplace well I probably can't speak to all aspects of it because I am there are certain women that work in our department and like you said we have a really diverse and close-knit at the same time department so I feel very blessed that to be in that position because it's not like that everywhere but I think it evolves as you even you know I'm a wife but I'm not a mother and you know the, the time commitment alone it's, it can be a challenge uh, with college athletics in our schedule but I think that I think you also have to look at the work. I don't think it can really be about the support you're getting either because I, I feel passionate about what we're doing for student-athletes and this university and the things that – what what's our goal? And I feel passionate about it. So it makes coming to work very easy. I don't know that I've ever really thought about support at, and being – I don't know that I've ever thought about it in, like, that light. Um, but I will take it back to what you asked me earlier about Dolly – that is something I really – why I like Dolly outside of just, oh, there's cute little Dolly <laughs> trinkets to buy. I mean, you know, it's, like, kind of funny you, you like Dolly because you're from Tennessee. I like Dolly because – and that's why I would kind of idolize her is that I feel like she does a great job as a woman and as a businesswoman of – she shoots people straight, but she does it in such a way that is – when, do you, when does anyone ever say, I'm so offended by Dolly Parton? I mean, she's just artful at that. Yeah. And so I feel like, I don't know, that's what I would maybe want to do is is try to, you, you're, you're in a man's world maybe, quote unquote, yeah. but it doesn't have to be that way. Do you feel like a role model? No, I'm not a role model, but I look at Dolly and I think she's a role model. You don't think that our student athletes wandering through here see you doing what you do and think of you as a role model no I mean I just turned 30 I'm probably in denial I feel like um <laughs> I don't want to be like yeah no I mean no <laughs> um no I maybe I think that I think that if you are intimidated by entering the sports world right off the bat that you could see women that are doing it and that could make you more comfortable and and inspire you I I see where you're going with that yeah that could inspire you to want to pursue a position like that so in that sense yes if it makes you nervous but you think you want to do it get after it there's nothing stopping you and in this day and age like you I mean that that, there's so much opportunity for women in sports and that thankfully that whole notion of sports being just a boys Mm -hmm. club is on its way out because mm-hmm. I think I was on the last like very very tail end of that era but 
my first boss was a woman and right. probably the best boss I ever had. Don't yeah. tell Cody I said that. <laughs> <laughs> Cody, don't listen. Yeah, Cody skipped <laughs> this part. <laughs> what is your favorite word? I don't, I don't feel like I have a favorite word. Well, that's like a bit one, of a cop out. One word? Yeah. That's hard. Johnny said a really good one. He did. He said Moxie, and I was like, oh, man. I wish I had thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> good job, Johnny. I don't know. One word? Yeah. Mm. That's really hard. You're well read. This is going to sound silly, but maybe, like, intentional. Like, I feel like I can go back to that every day. Oh, it's a I, word that kind of centers you a little bit. Right. Like, do something with intention. Be intentional. I, I mean, I appreciate that. I feel like I always go back to that when I'm trying to focus on the task at hand. You know? What is your least favorite word? Moist, for sure. <laughs> and there's a funny commercial about contacts. I don't know if you've seen it. And they kind of divert away from that word. And then they say, okay, we'll say it. <laughs> yeah, it's just like a bleh. Or I really don't like can't also if we're going on like the serious route. I, I don't like for somebody to say I can't do this. I want it presented to me and I've, I'm so bad about this. Don't tell me you can't. Just talk to me about the, like the challenge yeah, of here, it. Here's what we've got to do to yes. get there. It's not as easy yeah. as it sounds. Yeah, I don't like just off the bat I can't and that's it and that's all. Yeah. Who or what inspires you? All right, I'm going to go back to probably my grandmother. You know, I have, like, occasionally I'll tweet about my grandmother, and it's, that might be weird, but it's my mom's mom, and shout out to Eleanor. She uh, <laughs> definitely doesn't listen to podcasts, but I might be able to show her how. Yeah, s- send it to, uh, I was going to say, does she have an email? Yeah, she she also just got an iPhone. Oh, But she doesn't like Siri. <laughs> she, she's got this cold, then. She'll have it. No, she... So my grandmother is 87 years old. She lives by herself. She drives herself. And she, this is a new development. You don't know this. She's going to retire finally this year. I know. Wow. <laughs> now, she's a middle school librarian in uh, in Charles County. So, I mean, her job is pretty, it, I mean, she's not like working it, in the factory. Yeah, it's but, not labor intensive, but no, still. No, but I'm, I'm just super proud of her. I feel like she's a super... I don't know. She's just positive. She never catch her. She's really even keel, which I really respect, and I might need a little bit more of. But like, I think that's pretty cool. You're 87 and you're doing all that. You yeah. know. I hope I'm. St- I just hope I I'm know. still upright at 87. That's what I'm saying. What is the last book you read for fun? Oh, the name is escaping me, but it was the Hunger Games prequel. Oh, right at the beach. Uh, catching dragons and fighting fish or something. It? I don't I'm know. Sarah, my wife has it. And it doesn't look... It's great. Oh, well... Have you read The Hunger Games? Yes. It was a 900-word... Or 900-page build-up to the worst ending in the history of Well, I think if you read this, it might give you a little... The ending... I I don't disagree with that. The way she ended it is not great. Um, I'll probably get bored and read this book eventually but I'm not going to intentionally do it. It's called The Ballads of Songbirds and Snakes. Yeah, like what I said. It's pretty cool if you like, but 
basically it takes President Snow, who's the villain in the whole series, and it talks it's about his origin how story. he'll became, yes. Yeah. So I liked it, and I read The Beach, too, so that's a Good enjoyable. beach read. Yeah, exactly. What is your worst habit? Mm. Honestly, and I'm going to be very honest, it is that I get, I think it's like I get revved up before I, like I get torn up kind of, you know, you know. You, you anticipatory angst kind of. Yes, I want things to be just so sometimes, and I, and I'll catch, my, and I know I'm doing it. I'm like, oh, Katie, you're getting torn up over nothing. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes, I, but I'm working on it. I, I know I do it, and that's the first step to Well, that's all you can do is recognize it. it and be like, all right, I'm going to at least yeah. try not to. Yeah. What app on your phone gets the most use? Uh, probably my music app, I would say. What is the most terrifying situation you've ever found yourself in? Oh, that time that my plane almost, I swear my plane almost went down when I was trying to go to, back to Louisiana. I never told you that. No. Oh, my goodness. So, it was when we lived in um, northeast Louisiana, and we had gone home for, like, Thanksgiving or something, and my husband, Stephen, was staying in uh, Tennessee for longer. He had something else, so we had driven up, and I had to fly back for a basketball game, and so I flew out. There's no direct flights. No. To uh, Monroe, Louisiana from Nashville. <laughs> so I flew out, and they either fly to Dallas or Atlanta. And I think we flew to Dallas. And whatever plane you get on from there is tiny. I mean, it's like three rows. It's it's almost a prop plane. <laughs> so <laughs> I get in there, and I'm seeing that they said we're going to have storms, but I'm not. I'm like, they're not boarding us if it's going to be bad. Yeah. So we get on, and I'm in the very back row um, with a gentleman. He was flying back. He was going – to school he had like a great his grambling stuff on so he was going back to school from I guess he'd been on Thanksgiving break too and I think I, I got on I like fell asleep and I awake to like a jarring not just like turbulence like a jarring motion and I guess we had hit the storm it seemed like as a pilot will do they'll circle and then try to descend have you never been in that situation not one like I, I can't. It has been a long time since I flew on one of the planes mm-hmm. like you're describing. I mean, it's little anyway, so you're yeah. gonna feel turbulence yeah. more. And I'm in the very back, but every time he would try to descend, we would just shoot back up because and it, and it became so apparent that he couldn't. He had no chance oh, of getting this through there. I mean, we did it like ten times, and people are. I've never been on a plane where people screamed out. People were screaming out, like, ah. (laughs) (laughs) And so I'm just trying to keep it together. I'm kind of a nervous flyer anyway in the back. And I think, I mean, it was a really terrifying situation. We finally land. And actually, Eric Elliott worked at uh, Louisiana Monroe at the time with me. And he's our digital media director now. He has come here since. And Eric was going to be, because my husband was in Louisiana, or Tennessee, he was going to pick me up so that he could take me to the game so that I could work. And we land, and I turn my phone on, and they say, Welcome to Monroe, Louisiana. And I'm looking around, and I'm like, This does not – I don't feel like this looks like the terminals at Mon- in Monroe. And and Eric's texting me saying, Just let me know when you, you, know, you walk out. <laughs> and I, like, get the maps on my phone, and I, I drop a pin, and I'm like – 
we're in Alexandria. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, we had landed in Alexandria. And so I had to text him and say, like, update. Uh, I guess they put us down in Alexandria just to get us on the ground. So they so they take us off there. And they're like, yeah, um, he couldn't get us down in Monroe. We, we had to make a landing here. And uh, tornado sirens are going off in Alexandria. Oh yes, yes. So I am, like, alone. And that airport's tiny. And so I, they're like, we might try to get you a charter bus, but you guys might have to sleep here. And it's tiny, Colby. How far There's is Alexandria no from Monroe? Uh, it's a couple hours. But it's not, like, <laughs> off. It's not. It wasn't terrible. <laughs> So I'm, I call my husband, and I'm like, what do you want me to do? He said, go see if they have a car. So I run downstairs, and they say something like we have three cars left. And I don't even know what they charge me. I literally just handed my car. Yeah, I'm like, here's, run it. here's my credit card. <laughs> I cannot be stranded here. Yeah. So I drove back to Monroe a couple hours or whatever it is. With tornado sirens going all around. Yeah, it calmed down a little bit, <laughs> and I just I feel like I just kissed the ground. Like I didn't care at that point. I was just glad I made it on the ground. And, yeah, that was my most terrifying experience, for sure. I can't believe I've never heard that story before this moment. I know. I thought I... I feel like I told you that before. No, I would have remembered that one. Well, I try not to alarm people, because it turned me off of flying. I I mean, I still kind of have... I can see you being a nervous flyer after that experience, (laughs) definitely. Exactly. No, you're changed after something like that. Yeah, I mean, I still... Even when we flew to Montana, I was like, oh, kind (laughs) of... There are all these sounds. Mm, what's, the, what's, what's that bell and whistle <laughs> yeah, exactly. situation? What's that about? <laughs> what is your idea of happiness? Um, I just feel like happiness is being able to be content, whatever that means for that person. I'm super content when I'm able to be around my family and my friends. And I like to, the times when I can, I say that part about I get riled up when things aren't just so. I'm so content, though, when I can turn that off. I, I find it easy when I can turn that off and I know I have a day where... Where you just got n- yeah, nothing on the docket. I can turn it off and just, I'm silly. You know, that's my happiness. And I don't have to do much, obviously. I have a kiddie pool and a Frisbee and two cans and I'm good. So. Yeah, I mean, it just seems pretty low maintenance there. Yeah. <laughs> what is your idea of misery? Mm, it's not misery. It's been a lesson. Quarantine's been a little, a little tough. We'll yeah. say. Um, I think misery would probably be just feeling like you're you're stuck and you and powerless. You know, feeling in a rut where you can't do anything for me. Yeah. What makes you self conscious? Mm. Do you ever before I answer this, Enneagrams? Huh? Do you know Enneagrams? It's like a personality test. Oh, I mean I know it if you call it yeah. that. I don't know what So an I think is. so my Enneagram is like a three. And so, out of there's like eight or something of them. Uh, I don't know. Mine's a three. I'll I'll send you some reading material. Yeah, I guess I'm gonna have to brush up on this. I think what makes me self conscious. It's through this that I've realized. I think that's what makes me self conscious. They say that threes are very. Uh, they want it's like others' perception. So you almost want to make other. You know, you want to have a. You want others to view you in a positive light. Right. Exactly. And I think that's probably mine. What is the most embarrassing song you love? Mm. What you consider embarrassing is different than what I consider embarrassing because you shame you, me all the time. What you consider embarrassing. A song well, that you're like, this is an earworm, this is a banger, I love it, I am so embarrassed that I love it. 
honestly, because I still like it and it's so overplayed, Old Town Road, man. <laughs> I mean, that thing is like still got it, it for me. If you hear it, it's gonna be in your head for a couple of days. And it's like, just the way it is. Then when Billy Ray Cyrus got on it, because my other answer would be Miley Cyrus, another like a Miley Cyrus song. That's kind of embarrassing, but I love it. You can't help what you love. <laughs> no. I mean, it, just, it is what it is. There's nothing you can do about it. I I wake up every day now with a different Hamilton song stuck in my head. That's not embarrassing though. It is when it's every single day you're just like, well, we're doing this again. It's so good, though. It is so good. And that's like an intelligent. Old Town Road's kind of mindless that I like that. You I know what know, I mean? Man, I... Old Town Road contains multitudes. Yeah, I guess. How would you prefer to die? Mm. Well, I've always said this, so I, I act like I don't want to answer that, but... I either want it, I just want it to be like, boom, you're dead. You know, like, just, <laughs> I don't care. But I think it would be cool, like, if you uh, were out doing something you like to do, like on a golf course or something, and you just, boop. Killed over right before putt. Yeah, I mean, like, what is better than that? Like, you're already not, having a not great. keeling over. <laughs> but, well, but, but the point of the question is, like, you have to. So. Yeah. Just doing something that, I mean, I don't want it to be prolonged, that's for sure. Yeah. I don't want to say my goodbyes. I just want to be like, boop. Yeah, because the goodbyes <laughs> thing, the, the real drawn out, like, you can say a goodbye and then be hanging on. And it's like. That's not worth it. Do, do, do people not come visit you again after you've said your goodbye? Or yeah, it, how does that work? Yeah. If you're reincarnated, what would you like to come back as and why? Mm. This is going to sound really silly. Probably like a koala bear. Don't they seem, like, so calm and just, like, they get to all day long just kind of chill? But, I mean, they're active enough. They eat bamboo all day. I think the eating bamboo thing is probably what would turn me off of it. I've never had much bamboo, but it just doesn't seem... If it's bamboo or barbecue ribs, I know which direction I'm heading. Okay, but don't you think that to a koala, bamboo is barbecue ribs? That's what I imagine. I think they really feel like that is the, like that's the, the height of delicacy. So basically, what you're doing, if you compare it, you're, you're just getting eating to barbecue ribs and every day eat and just just hang. Yeah, that's not bad actually. <laughs> what might prompt you to lie? Mm, probably just to avoid hurting someone's feelings. That's probably like the stock answer, but I'm not. I'm not always gonna lie. I mean, I'm gonna tell the truth. But like, if it's really gonna hurt someone, and I know that, that is that is tough. So far, I'm the only person who said just because it makes me happy and it's fun. Well, that's. <laughs> yeah, most most people that's have actual <laughs> altruistic reasons for doing it. So you're, rest assured, you're not broken in the same way I am. At least, what makes you hopeful? Um, I think what makes me hopeful is when people. Just seeing the good in people. I think there's good in every person. I think it. I think it takes different things to bring it out in people. But just seeing people care about other people and doing things for the right reasons, that's always makes me feel hopeful. What is our purpose in life? Mm. Um, I think it's probably relationship-based. I think as many people as you can build a good relationship with and try to impact in a positive way is probably what I would consider our purpose. Maybe that's also the coach part coming in, you know, like yeah. coming out and I, my family, there's a lot of teachers. So I think that that's in, that seems very important to have a positive impact on people. 
regardless of who it is, what is one question you'd like to ask our next guest? Mm. Now, this is a good one. Uh, would you rather have a blowhole on top of your head or on your uh, back? That's the best one we've had. Is so that far. the best one? Oh, I yeah, used to so. play like "Would You Rather" all the time, and yeah. so yeah. What well, uh, for you, back or head? I'm gonna stay on top of my head because then you could stand on the bottom of the pool and just breathe. <laughs> 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 and I think that would be kind of cool. <laughs> and you could cover it with your hair, or you just wear a hat. Yeah, so like you would be fine. Uh, Sarah Emily asked last week, "What is your favorite Beyonce song?" Ooh, that's hard. I like a lot of Beyonce songs. Mm. Flawless. That's a good. One. If you listen to Flawless in the morning and you're not feeling it, you will be like, that's, that's ready. A, that's a banger to get going on the drive-in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, what's next for you as far as career, life? You know, asking people with established careers this is different than asking our student athletes who are like. Uh, I guess I got some exams next week. <laughs> like it's it's great to kind of get the perspective, but it's uh, our older people tend to have more of a a, a life expectancy yeah. kind of thing. Um, I think career wise, I feel like what I want to do in college athletics, I want to learn the whole. Like I want to continue to expand and understand an athletic department as a whole. Uh, whatever that is, I just feel like you can't really do your job well until you know what other people have to go through to get what they're doing done so I feel like continuing to learn I I have a great opportunity here that doesn't come often to be able to kind of multitask and be tickets and annual funds so that's been a big opportunity for me but I think continuing to grow with that and just see everything as a whole not just a part of the department yeah because it's easy to get tunnel vision and you know this is what I have to do and you're not not like flexible my job and you have your job yeah so ne'er shall the twain meet yeah and if you grow and you know what it takes for all the things to come together then you can be flexible and find like solutions where you need to find them I feel like yeah but I mean in life probably at some point start a family of children not dog children so um at some point (laughs) not there yet but (laughs) not this week probably not next yeah not today but um, I'm good with Pat right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for taking a few minutes out of your day today. I really appreciate everything you do around here, your friendship, everything that you do for us, for the university. Just thank you so much. A huge, massive thanks to Katie Locke for joining us today. Um, One of the people that I like talking to most around here anyway, but especially for podcastage. Casey and I usually take this opportunity to talk about whatever vague nonsense occurs to us, but we actually have things to discuss today. Because it's opening day. Because it's opening day. Sort of. There's only two games today. It's opening day, July 
23rd. It's better than no opening day. It, it is better than no opening day. But in honor of this, it's time for baseball preseason pick extravaganza. I mean, just this is the top of the line picks. You want to go make your bets on the Major League Baseball season? Tune in. Yeah. We start in AL or NL? Uh, we can start with the American League. The the junior circuit. The um, junior circuit. I'm, I'm going to come out. I, I think. We'll start with the American League East. Uh, Yankees. Yankees. Okay. Yeah. Glad, glad we're all on that page. Yankees are going to win that. I've got the Rays taking the wild card. I do have the Rays in my first wild card spot. Um, a lot of the people at MLB Network yesterday were saying the Rays are right there with the Yankees. And I think. That's a pitching, little. I think pitching depth wise, the Rays might be better. Depth, yes. Because they go more in Snell and Glasnow, who I think is going to be really good. But I don't think they're better than the Yankees. People forget how good James Paxton can be. People forget how good the Yankees lineup is. The Yankees is. can also hit. Miguel Andahar's not like not an everyday player for that team because they have so many good hitters. I had the Blue Jays third before this nomadic odyssey that they are now on. The, yeah, the last I think they, I think they're going to be last. I think this whole thing is going to screw up their season. I, I don't know. They might be better than Boston. Have you seen that rotation? It is a bad rotation. It is very bad. But they still got plenty of hitting. And we forget Baltimore's also. They're also terrible. They, they are more than likely the worst team in baseball, and that would be the one thing that seemed to preclude the Blue Jays from finishing last. It's a two-horse race with maybe the two best teams in the American League. I, I will say that I think – the Twins are the second-best team in the American League. I cannot argue with that because I think the Twins run away with the American League Central. Well, they don't have a ton in the way of competition. The White Sox are a year away. The Royals are a year away from being a year away. The Indians made some of the silliest moves the offseason. And the Tigers are just... <laughs> the Twins can hit. The Twins can hit. And don't sleep on that pitching either. I like Bar- I like Barrios. I like Odorizzi. I don't on like the Homer. IL to start. Oh, I don't like Homer Bailey being in your rotation. You've got to you've got to find a way around that. I don't love Homer Bailey uh, in your fourth slot. I like Rich Hill. Rich Hill. I mean, who? who yeah, four, even even at forty, I mean, he's just fine at four or five. Yep, I will take Rich Hill low down in the lineup. But, and then also, um, they got Kenta Maeda too. I do forget about Kenta yep, Maeda. Yeah, you forget yeah, about Kenta Maeda because he was kind of an afterthought for the Dodgers, but for the Twins. Good oh, pin with Taylor Rogers leading the way too. Taylor. Twins are twins are a dangerous team. Yep. And the thing is, if MLB gets this sixteen team playoff pushed across, the Yankees will win the division, and they better hope the Twins aren't the wild card. Or the Twins better hope they win the division, because otherwise the Yankees are going to pick them and sweep them in the first round like they always do. Well, that's we're a long way from the Johan Santana days. Uh, American League West, who you got? This I, is out of left field. I've got the Angels. The Angels. Okay. Uh, I don't hate the pick. I have the Astros based solely off of history, the history and the talent of that team. Yeah, but they may not know what pitch is coming every day. Right, that's the problem. (laughs) That's the problem. I still think that with Justin Verlander, Lance McCullers, and Zach Grinke, you're going to be just fine. I think in this season, pitching is even more important than ever, and those three are going to be good because they didn't know if the other team was going to swing or not. So I guess the cheating didn't affect them as much. I guess, but... But I do like the Astros in that division. I don't hate the Angels pick, but I don't have them in my playoff picture. It was – I had the Angels first and then the Astros as the second wild card coming out. I don't think the Angels pitch enough for me. I toyed with the idea of having the A's. The A's are my second wild card team behind the race. I, 
I just couldn't leave the Astros out of it because the A's are really good. I think Chapman puts it all together. I think Olsen still keeps to keeps hitting all the home runs. Chris yep. Davis can't be worse than last year. Nope. Ramon Laureano is a sneaky MVP pick, and Oakland can play a little bit. They're really good, which also, I mean. Lizardo, at, Lizardo's an MVP AJ candidate, Puck. too. AJ Puck, he's in the pen. He's a good, good pitcher. He, he's going to get some starts this year. I think he will. That also means that the Rangers and Mariners are uh, <coughs> not worth mentioning. I don't, I don't think so. The best thing mentioning about the Rangers is Joey Gallo hitting home runs in the uh, Sheet Warehouse Factory, dumbest looking stadium in baseball, and it's not close. It's not even within shouting distance. MVP Mike Trout. Mike Trout. Not. I mean, no, no. Don't pick anybody else. Not, Until not, somebody proves they're the best player in baseball, not don't to pick Francisco Lindor and Eddie Rosario for trying hard. Cy Young, I've got Garrett Cole. I had Garrett Cole. I mentioned, I think there's three guys on the Rays that could win it, though. I think Morton Snell or Glasnow could all have a season to win it. But until somebody shows me they're better than Garrett Cole, I'm not going to pick against him. I've got Snell as an honorable mention there, along with Barrios for the Twins. And like then Barrios. Rookie of the year, I'm on, I'm on Luis Robert. i got a sneaky pick for AL Rookie of the Year. I like Kyle Lewis. You know – but my only problem with Kyle Lewis, the Mariners are going to be so bad that I think being on a good team is going to help a lot with awards this year. Yeah. And I think that because the Mariners are so bad, it's going to go to Lazardo or Roberts. And I really like Lazardo as your AL Rookie of the Year. I thought about him. I actually uh, thought about A.J. Puck as well, just because I think he's going he's gonna to do something this short season. And then there's also, and I'm going to butcher the crap out of this name, Yoshitomo Sutsugo. Yeah, who do you sign with? Um, I know, I know who you're talking about, but yeah, I can't remember. I can't either. I just, when looking at roster resource and everything else, he seems like he's is he the twins? He may be the twins. He might be the twins. He seems like he's going to get some run as well. I think if this is a full 162, I think Kyle Lewis's chances are a lot better because he's probably going to hit. If he's healthy for a season, he hits 30 home runs. I think. Yeah, but he's got to play. But he has to play in Seattle. Yeah. Um, and he's he's got to play in Seattle. They're so bad. And he's got to play against the pitching for the Angel right. A's and, and Astros, Astros right. more than anything else. Um, like I said, 60 games, no. 162, he might have a better chance. Still, look for a good season from Kyle Lewis. I did not hear greatly encouraging things. It seems like Mariners people are higher on Jared Kelenic than Kyle right. Lewis. Kyle Lewis, is, he's, just, he's been in the system for a while because he's been hurt. So. Yeah. To the senior circuit. The Bravos are the top of the NL East. And then it's a superfluous middle, and then there's the Marlins at the bottom. See, I picked the Nationals in the East. I like the pitching. Um, well, I, I, made, I made this pick before I found yeah. out that Juan Soto has coronavirus, and after that I would like to switch to pick to the Atlanta Braves. That's probably a good move. Uh, I still think the Mets have a chance, but Marcus, Marcus Stroman having a torn calf muscle doesn't help, and the reason I won't pick them to win the division is because they're the Mets. Yeah, that's and always I'll a good the, move. I will pick the Braves because of that reason. I've got the Braves with the Phillies wild card. This seems like a good year for the Phillies uh, to kind of. I don't. If the Phillies can get something from their rotation, that lineup is too good to be out of the playoffs. Well, you don't have as many games in the shortened season where you've got to just throw garbage because it's somebody's turn. Arietta cannot be bad again. He can't be he that bad. He has to be bad. okay. I don't think he Zach will be. Zach Wheeler that. has to be worth, what, $117 million? Zach Wheeler's just got to be a dependable number two because you've got Nola. Right. And then uh, who else is in that rotation? I don't know. They, Vince Velasquez is in there. Is he still hurt? I don't know. Tim and Eflin maybe? Yeah. It's not great, but I think they can still not, snag a wild card. It's not bad. 
I think the Mets or the Phillies. I think one of them takes a wild card spot. I, I got the I got the Phillies. I got the Mets down in fourth because they're the Mets, and that's just sort of that's fair. To the Central, uh, obviously, I'm picking the Cincinnati Reds. I'm going to join you on that pick. It's just uh, I think that the Reds got better. I think the Brewers got worse because they lost their second baseman and third baseman to the Reds. The Cubs lost a corner outfielder to the Reds, and the Cardinals stayed the same. An overachieving team from last year that rides Jack Flaherty one day out of the week. And the Pirates remain the Pirates. And the Pirates suck. Um, well, the, the Reds, it, it turned out well for the Reds, just like it turned out well for the Braves, where you have sort of a a a, inf, a plurality of outfielders, and you only play three at a time. All of a sudden, now you can play somebody in DH this year. Yeah, the Reds GM said that he built this team with the DH in mind because he knew collective bargaining was coming up in a few years. And, I mean, the team was built for 2021 with the DH. Well, now it's here earlier. I think Jesse Winker is going to hit a lot of home runs as a designated hitter. I think so, too. And, I mean, similar for the Braves, they had Adam Duvall cooling his heels in AAA for most of last year. And then when he had to come up, he hit, like, Adam 10 Duvall home runs get, in 16 Yeah, Adam games. Duvall was – I mean, he made the home run derby one year with the Reds. He yeah, could hit home he, runs. He's three he, years removed from an all-star appearance. He was a gold glove finalist a couple years ago, yeah, by the way. Yeah, he was also people, a really people good People forget that. And Marcelo Zuna uh, tried to climb the wall last he year. He might be your DH. You might want to keep him off I, the field. I, I kind of feel that way about it. Uh, I had the Brewers taking a second wild card here. I think the Brewers – I have the Brewers on my group. I have like five teams that could win the second NL wild card spot. I mean, it's it's much more – there were really only three choices. I I debated for like one second. Maybe this would be a good year for the White Sox. But they're just – I almost wanted to pick the White Sox, but I think Oakland's too good. And with the, I, with me having the Angels win the West, then it had to be the, the Astros. Astros. Yeah. yeah. Uh, National League West is the most locked in pick in every single division, and just every single pick you've heard this season for Major League Baseball. If someone doesn't have the Dodgers, they're just being contrarian. They're being an idiot. I mean, it's it's the Dodgers, and then I my list after that is Padres, Diamondbacks, Giants, Rockies. I think the Padres are a wild card team. I thought about them. that lineup is I so good of, i thought about the diamondbacks i think that they can make a little noise this year i think if the padres can get pitching from somebody other than chris paddock well they should have more with cal quantrell they should have more with joey lucchese ovc alum joey lucchese who never beat the govs who never oh and two the against the govs but i think i think they have a chance it's just if you got to play the dodgers that much that's what Your I margin don't for like. error is really. That's the same reason I almost don't want to pick the Phillies for my wild card spot because they've got to play the AL East and they've got to play the Yankees and the Blue Jays, which leads me back to the Cubs and the Brewers for that second spot. I got I got the Brewers. I don't. I'm not feeling the Cubs this year. At I all. don't like David Ross as a manager. I think he'll be a fine manager. I just don't think he has a very good collection of talent this year. I think year. the Brewers are better than them, and I think if Christian Yelich gets hot, the Brewers take a wild card spot or a playoff spot. The Reds could be in the wild card. Does it feel like because of Bellinger and Acuna that people are sleeping on Yelich? Yeah, they did um, triple crown picks yesterday on MLB Network, and someone picked Yelich, and I was like, I think he's got a – and the mo- like two of the guys picked Bellinger, and I was like, I think Yelich has a better chance than Bellinger. I, I think, think Yelich so, yeah. just hits for a better average. I he mean, Yelich was hitting oh, over Bellinger was hitting over 400 at one point last yeah. year, but I still think consistently I'd take Yelich in that pick. MVP, I'm going Bellinger. Uh it's coming from the Dodgers. It's Betts or Bellinger. Yeah. Um, flip a coin. I have, for a top three, I've got Bellinger, Acuna, and Yelich. I uh, think Betts is going to have I think Betts a is, weird first year. Betts is my pick just because it's going to come from it's going to come from the Dodgers. If they win 40 games, they're going to have the MVP, and it's probably going to be Bellinger. But if Betts goes out and hits 15 home runs and 
So I don't know. He could score a lot of runs in that lineup in front of Bellinger. But then again, Bellinger's going to have all the RBIs too. So Right. And people still do pay attention to the traditional stats. Cy Young, Jacob DeGrom, until proven otherwise. So, yeah, same thing with Mike Trout. Until somebody shows me they're a better pitcher in the National League than Jacob DeGrom, I will not pick against him. Sorry, Walker Bueller. I think he could win it because Dodgers are going to be good, going to have a good year. But I got Mike Soroka and Trevor Bauer as yeah, not, not potential bad dark picks horses. there. Saw a lot of Luis Castillo picks, too. On I saw that, too. Um, it, who's the Reds' true number one? They're starting Sonny Gray on opening day. They're well, starting him on opening day, but I'm looking at If you're at making that, me rank that rotation, the best pitcher on the team is Luis Castillo. Okay. I think Trevor Bauer's your – if Trevor Bauer goes back to 2017, Trevor Bauer, he's the best pitcher on the team. Well, even right now, he's kind of an overqualified number two. Right. And then I think Sonny Gray is just – I think Sonny Gray is 2B or 3, whichever one. I don't know. I don't think there's really, like, I don't think you have to have a number one when you have three guys that are that good. That's true. Rookie of the year, Gavin Lux. Uh, Shogo Agayama. And he was my second guy, but Lux. I don't like that the Dodgers are going to. They're going to send Lux him down for a week time. to mess with his service 16 time. 16 days, and it's dumb. It's very dumb. It's very dumb, and it's a good way to I don't think it hurts his rookie people. of the year chances, but I'm going to pick Shogo because uh, Ichiro came over and won a rookie of the year at, what, 26? 20, 29? Yeah, he was older. He's older. Shogo's 30. He's going to do the same thing. Um Hit a home run yesterday in the red scrimmage, three-run homer to dead center. That was the thing people were questioning: can he hit for any power? And he has, he's just been he's been a consistent hitter in the summer camp and flashed the Spring flashed the power. Too. Spring training too, summer camp. Uh, all right, is that all the baseball? Oh wait, World Series stuff. Uh, I'm going Yankees. Dodgers, Yankees. I mean, I want to, I want to say not the Dodgers. If anybody and doesn't I have hate Dodgers. saying the Yankees, it just seems like where we're headed. This anybody year. that doesn't have Dodgers Yankees as their pick, the only other option I will take is Dodgers Rays. Almost, I don't, I don't think I'm in. I like the Rays. I don't think I'm in. Tom Verducci had the Rays winning the World Series against the Dodgers on MLB Network. I love what the Twins are bringing to the table this year, but I just don't see it. The Yankees are too good. The Dodgers are too good. Um, who wins? I got the Yankees. I'll take the Dodgers then, just because of that. Makes me feel bad all over. Oh, I don't like it at all. I'm I hate the unhappy. Dodgers. I'm hate unhappy the Dodgers right and now. the Yankees. Maybe we can get a – and let's get a Reds, Braves, NLCS. We'll take Oakland against Twins in the AL. and we, I won't have to hate as many people. That would be – that's at least different. Right. No, I'll take different. I would love to see Oakland in the World Series. Oh, yeah. All these years of Ken Billy Bean stuff work in the postseason. Let's get there. Let's, let's, let's make let's it decide. happen. Ramon Laureano wins the MVP. Lazardo goes Cy Young and Rookie of the Year, and Oakland just dominates the West. It's contrary to what I'm sure our board viewers are believing. This is not an Oakland A's podcast. Um, but this podcast is a proponent of community service, and for community service stuff, you should talk to Haley Meyer. You know what else you should do? I don't. You should follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Let's Go P, or you should follow us on Facebook with our official account called Austin P Governors. Uh, shout out to our friends Eric and Robin for all of the digital media content that they are putting out on all of those platforms. Let's Go P dot com for dates, news, and stories. Mostly the second two right now is dates are kind of up in the air. Uh, Casey, Cody, Bush, myself doing things all the time over there. When those dates for games do arrive, though, you're going to need tickets. And where are you going to go to get those tickets? Our ticket gurus, Katie Luck and her assistant, Johnny Bench. They have all the information you can use to get in the game. Uh, you should get those tickets now because if we get to have any fans this fall, it'll probably be limited capacity, and uh, you don't want to be on the outside looking in. 
Find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, or directly on the website at letsgop.com slash podcast. Give us a rating and review on the podcast. Five stars, five stars. And if you'd like to suggest a guest, let us know of a local or on-campus event we shout out. Yell at me because I think too highly of the Angels this year. Tweet us. I'm at CWilson225. He's at C underscore Craig19. Love yourselves. Love each other. Talk to you next week. Goodbye.